you really have to figure out what do you like and love about yourself. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Wild Business Growth Podcast, presented by HippoDirect. I'm your host, Max Brandstetter, digital marketing dude at HippoDirect, and this is episode number 14, but number one in our hearts. Our guest this week, his reputation absolutely precedes him. It is Hard Knocks breakout star, Devin Kajus. That's right, Juice himself has joined us on the podcast. Breakout star this year on Hard Knocks with the Cleveland Browns chronicling his training camp. It's an unbelievable episode. He covers so much behind the scenes from Hard Knocks, behind the scenes about the NFL, about his relationship with his dad, and what sort of hobbies he does, what sort of areas he has passion in that bring him so much positive energy that he is absolutely sharing with the world now on Instagram and these other social media channels. Kajust is loose, so enjoy the show. Alrighty, we are here for a super special edition of the Wild Business Growth Podcast presented by Hippo Direct. This is super surreal for any of you that have watched Hard Knocks on HBO this year, for any of you that are Browns fans, which is probably the entire world by this point, and especially those of you that are Devin Kajus fans, this episode will be fantastic for you because we have Juice himself, Devin Kajus, has joined the podcast. How are you doing today, Devin? I'm doing sensational. How are you? Sensational. That is a fantastic word. I'm doing sensational now as well. <laughs> Thank you for having me on. Yeah, of course. Thank you so much for coming on and, and taking time out of your day. I know right now you're kind of recovering from shoulder surgery. I know you've had the grueling training camp and, uh, and enjoying life in the Cleveland area right now, which I'm super jealous of to come back to visit soon. Real quick, I'll say a few things about you and then I'll tee it off to you so you can kind of share more of your story. Absolutely. So, you know, you've had your experience, you've, you've, you've been in the NFL and had some experience with multiple teams. And I think really your breakout moment, at least to the masses this year was on Hard Knocks on HBO. And people said it was kind of a bounce back really good year for Hard Knocks because they had so many features, so many cool players and so many inspiring stories. And not to flatter you too much, but you really were the star of the show. I think uh, so many people fell in love with your story and not just on the field, but also off the field, your relationship with your dad and your, your overall positive outlook on life, which is just contagious. And now we see that you're spreading that positivity on social media, especially Instagram. So got to say, love your story, man. And everyone's pulling for you. I uh, still think the Browns did you wrong, but we, uh, you know, <laughs> but, but we're all pulling you and excited to connect and follow along your journey. But could, do you mind going a little bit into sort of your background, sort of a little bit of your upbringing and uh, through college and what you've been up to recently? Yeah. I'm from Seaford, New York, Long Island. So for all of you Strong <laughs> Island people. Yeah, Strong uh, Island. Shout out to you guys. Also, I will say I'm a California kid, though. Strong Island. I didn't know, actually, that Strong Island was called that. Like, Long Island was called Strong Island until I got to California, uh, <laughs> which I found pretty hilarious I was, that I lived there my entire life and didn't know that. Right. <laughs> strong California. Yeah. I feel like I was a California kid born in New York. <laughs> but going right over to that, uh, Holy Cross High School, Catholic High School, that's where I uh, really started to excel in football, honestly, and still didn't know if I had a chance of making it to the next level. I just, it wasn't, 
in the frontier of my mind. It really wasn't at all. And going to Stanford University, California, based on location, and it was because of stem cell research. I didn't know who Stanford was. I got, when I got the scholarship, I went to my French teacher and said, is this a good school? I oh, then no got way. detention and had to do a bunch of research on Stanford and come back with a report about it. <laughs> you got detention well, because she, I asked that? She, essentially, yeah. She's like, I need you to do research on this. So in, it was like a deal. It was like, you go to detention and I'm not going to give you any homework, but you're going to do some research on it. And I was like, okay, I'll do that because I just didn't want to do French homework. And it was fine for going to tension. It wasn't gonna get marked on my record, but it was like, she wanted to guarantee that I would do the research. So, and it was a, right. it was a quiet place. It didn't get marked, but it was like, it's just funny that that's how I got sent to detention for not knowing who Stanford was. <laughs> oh man. Was, Juice, you're going to, we're going to lose all of our Stanford listeners now. Thank you very much. <laughs> oh, sorry guys. Um, <laughs> so go out to Stanford, uh, was a wide receiver. My major, was science technology and society which just STS uh, life science and biotech so just human biology combined with computer science no I'm not a genius no I'm not super brilliant not a great test taker so all of you people that think I'm going to change the world with some amazing ridiculous invention not there um, not your guy <laughs> not yet however n- not yet I'm trying to change it in a different way yep then going from Stanford undrafted to the 49ers then that same year when the season started, I got converted to a tight end, went to the Packers, got released from the Packers because I tore my ACL in the week 15. Oh, man. Then all of 17 was recovery. And don't call it a comeback, but the comeback. And then the front <laughs> office of the Packers moved over to the Browns, and then they picked me up on the day before my birthday, the day of my birthday, which was an awesome gift in January. And yeah. uh, then just went through the rest of the story and then got released, as many of you guys know. And here I am, still in Cleveland. Wow. Yeah. And I'm glad I was, I didn't know where you were after, after the Browns experience. And so I was very you know, flattered as a Clevelander that you were still in the area. And so Cleveland, everybody's got to show you love, you know, come by. I'm sure you're having uh, you know giant cookouts all the time and the, and the cold weekends there. And the- Honestly, oh. <laughs> guys, if we have a home, I don't know the schedule this week, but if, I don't know if we're home, do you know if we're home? We are, we are, uh, no, I don't actually would be the short answer. <laughs> I can't remember well, in, well, in, the, in the next two weeks. Cause I leave first week in November. I would like to tailgate mm. with some peeps and I heard yeah. you guys are pretty dope at that. So, Oh, absolutely. all you guys that are listening, please shoot me a, a message or an email and I don't know, I'll set up a lottery or something and just find one to go to. <laughs> awesome. <Yeah. laughs> I want to tailgate with some peeps. So that's awesome. Yeah. You have to experience the Muni lot. Have you heard about it? The, the what? The Muni lot. I think it's short for like municipal uh, lot, you know, as we continue our long words. But it's, uh, <laughs> the main, it's the main tailgate lot. It's across the highway, kind of close to Lake Erie, pretty close to the stadium. But it's where the hardcore tailgaters go. So you definitely got to take a walk through there at least. Or maybe uh, maybe some friends will invite you to the tailgate there. But it's quite the experience. And, and Joe Thomas already earlier this year made the crossover from football player to uh, – tailgater so i think uh if joe can do it you got it absolutely but that's awesome man i love how i love how much you're still supporting the browns and still supporting the community um are you go where are you going to uh in november maine uh no not for the patriots i know i feel like <laughs> half the res- half the responders right now or listeners are gonna be like oh patriots no um do the shoulder surgery uh that's a six-week thing my teacher for energy and crystals and kind of have our approach that whole 
part of my life lives over there. So I'm going to go there for about another month and a half, focus on recovery and football, you know, awesome. keep amplifying the healing process and then uh, I'll move on from there. Well, that's great. So you're just a traveling man now going to all different parts of the country. Man, I've moved six times in a year and a half. <laughs> wow, that's insane. Yeah. Is that Were you yeah. that way the uh, past couple of years before or was it a little bit slower beforehand? Honestly, the second I left, for, it was so California there, Niners, moved to the yep. Packers, then moved back to California, then moved back to Green Bay for recovery, then moved back to California then moved out here to Cleveland and now moving to Maine. So, Man, you, you know, need geez. to start your own travel channel, a travel blog now with all this. Oh, God. You could <laughs> do it. I sound like the... a lunatic <laughs> while I'm on the, the road internet. losing my mind. <laughs> <laughs> Here's the lunatics updates from the week. But <laughs> so I want to I talk about hard knocks for a little bit. I don't know if you're contractually obligated to talk or not talk about certain things, but I'd love to uh, hear some Don't of the stories me. if that works. Perfect. Don't cool. Worry. Oh, man, I was just about to send you that check right now, too. Um, oh, sick. <laughs> <laughs> so Hard Knocks, I mean, Hard Knocks is always awesome, but it's expect, I've, I've been hoping every single year that the Browns get picked to be on Hard Knocks, and then finally it happened, and it just so happened that there were all these really interesting stories, and it was a, a lot of change and obviously a lot of attention to the Browns this year, and already have two more wins at this point than last year, and I you know feel like sky's the limit, but uh, as I mentioned, <laughs> you were the. <laughs> can you tell I'm from Cleveland? <laughs> but yeah, you were hands down the breakout star and truly fell in love with your story. Uh, I'd love to hear some of the sort of behind the scenes stuff from your Hard Knocks journey. First question on that like the producers and the team at HBO, how did they approach you? Like, how did you know you would be a big feature and a big storyline along Hard Knocks this year? It wasn't until after episode two when they asked me to interview with my dad, mm, I was like, yeah. I, I guess I'm a feature. Cause I just like, Hey, do you mind if we mic you up today? When that started being asked a lot, I was like, what are they? Am I, <laughs> was this, is this happening? It, it was, it wasn't like, Hey, we're going to use you as a feature. It's like, Hey, do you mind if we just do a little story on you? And then, so then the interview oh. came and then they really loved the interview and they really loved my relationship with my dad. And that's how the interview came about. And they're like, Hey, do you mind if we mic you up? Do you mind if we mic you up? And, it just, it, it just evolved. I didn't actually know. It wasn't like, we're going to pick you, and I, we hope that you work in our best interest. Like, <laughs> and the odds forever be in your favor. Like, it wasn't something like that. Right. Um, so it just evolved. You had a mic on you at almost all times then? Or just like practice almost, timing? Almost, yeah. There were times, but it evolved more and more later. Uh, I think it was like week four, three or four-ish. Then it really <laughs> started to grow after... I don't know. I didn't see all the episodes, but whatever episode I bring out the crystals, it was like, that's when after I was like, okay, like now I'm being mic'd all the time. <laughs> yeah. The crystals was really what got the momentum going, huh? And I see yeah. on your, on your Instagram, like the outpour of, well, one support for you, but two, the outpour of fans that want to learn more about crystals and um, the other things that you're interested in. I'm sure that's really taken off since then. So we'll get into that part a little bit later. We talk about some more social media stuff. Yeah. Another, on that hard knocks, note so if you're thinking back on that experience like what were the most memorable moments from you what was your favorite moment and then what was obviously there's some more challenging moments but uh, what, was your, <laughs> what, what was your top moment from that hard knocks experience and the uh your breakout star experience uh when you're mike you are like a time bomb so no <laughs> one wants to be near you and they, <laughs> they like we all do like code signs or like signals and 
if you like tapped your shoulder or like just went over, you just, it's like, you just make any type of mic symbol or they just straight up ask you, are you mic'd up? And then everyone would run away from you. So it was more <laughs> of an isolating experience. I would say. Oh, um, funny. Well, it seemed like funny. It seemed like yeah. Todd Haley liked it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> a couple yeah times. He, he, he's a funny character. I really enjoy that person. Yeah. The coaching um, staff was super entertaining. They seem like incredible guys. Spot on, spot on. You know, Favorite moments, man. Honestly, it had nothing to do with me. I'd say one of my favorite was the talent show. <laughs> yeah. I thought it really humanized all of us. And it was, just, it was just fun to watch, you know, each other make fun of each other. Just a really close team, a lot of camaraderie, and it was awesome. So I'd say more or less actually the joking aspect of Hard Knocks. Yeah, absolutely hilarious. And you had the whole sort of Baker Dorsey impression thing, which was pretty good as well. I'm sure the sales of Dorsey's sweater have shot up since then. Can you speak a little bit about the camaraderie, um, more specifically your experience with the Browns? Everybody was for each other. When you find that in a team, that's how teams, that's how you get a winning culture. That's how you get a Super Bowl caliber team. It's those that are playing for each other and having fun most of all. Yeah, it's about the paycheck and survival and la, 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 la. Like every team's going through that. So you've just set the standard that that's the baseline. That's the fundamental. That's the foundation. So how do you become greater than everyone else? How do you stand above everyone else? And that's building camaraderie. That's being there for each other. And everyone showed that. And I saw that from every person on that team. And it truly was amazing. It reminded me of high school, reminded me of college. It was like, you can have this in the NFL locker room. It is possible. Yes, it can be difficult, but it's very possible. Yeah, totally. And it's so important. And you see that with championship teams. So many people, so many veterans and Super Bowl veterans, champions talk about how camaraderie is so key. And yeah, it could apply, you know, it applies to business, it applies to team, it applies to, you know, whatever circumstance you're in or any organization that you're in. What what's your daily routine look like during the, the grueling training camp there? Like how early in the morning were you waking up and how many hours a day were you spending on that? Because it's got to be your, your sole focus when you're there. It varied between 6, 6.30. Mm-hmm. Get there quarter to 7, 7, breakfast, meeting. Let's just go with large part of meetings. <laughs> um, <laughs> right. Long meetings, practice around 2.30, 3.00. Five, so like two and a half hour practices, three hour practices, and then you get about another semi break, an hour break. You eat again, which is dinner. Then you have post meetings, and then you get to go home. But a bunch of guys would stay around, do a bunch of film work, study, recovery, whatever, and then probably wouldn't get back until like nine, eight or nine, and sometimes ten, but (laughs) rarely ten, thankfully. And then you'd get up and do it again for basically four weeks. Wow. Yeah. And that's the hottest part of summer too. And even for anybody that hasn't been to Cleveland, it does get very humid in Cleveland too. It's not like ridiculously it's ridiculously humid. Yeah. <laughs> it's not like it's just the South where it's hot. And you spoke a little bit about your relationship with your dad and your healing crystals and those sort of things kind of skyrocketed your, <laughs> helped your, your stardom and people so you mm. sort of developed a following around it. Can you talk a little bit about how your life has changed since hard knocks and probably from the social media standpoint, but in any other aspects of your life, like what's been the biggest change past couple months? Honestly, it's just having to sit with myself more and 
creating more value because being given this opportunity to affect the masses now, I mean, that's a responsibility and I want to do it right. I want to do right by everyone and I want to present something in a way that hasn't been presented before. I don't know how to do it exactly, but I'm trying my best. And because that there's, there's this challenge and pressure to do so, I'm excited. It yeah. keeps me, it puts me in the corner and it's asking me, hey, are you going to do something about this or not? Are you going to fall back or are you going to actually accelerate forward? Like, and that type of pressure is what you feel in the field. How do you rise to it? Is, are you going to just treat the game like practice and be relaxed, calm and kill and do what you do? Have fun? Or are you going to freak out, have anxiety, or just break down? And not that those things are bad because sometimes you need those, but like, are you going to break is what I'm getting at. Are you going to falter? And right. having this new perspective, that's where my challenge is. That's what I'm trying to figure out is how do I preach this message to people so they understand and they don't run from it and how can it help them in a way that they've never been helped before. That's amazing. Yeah. And everybody, and what, what's your Instagram handle? It's, it's Devin Kajust number 86 because I couldn't change it at all. So, <laughs> and they'll, they'll like contact support to change it. And I'm like, they don't have a support. It's right. It's yeah, just, yeah. So I don't have no idea how to change it, but Devin Kajust 86. <laughs> yeah. Everybody, all the listeners, make sure if you're not following Devin already, you'll need to see the awesome stuff he's putting out. Um, I think Devin, you're, your videos are awesome and you're consistently so positive, which we saw some at hard knocks, but I think you on your Instagram and your social accounts, you really get to see more of the, the real consistent you. And you can just see sort of in the comments and engagement you're getting, how inspiring you are to so many people. Well, thank you. <laughs> can you speak a little bit about how you maintain that focus on positivity and, and don't get down on anything? Cause I really feel as you do, that positivity is so powerful and it's just contagious. It is. And I will say the brighter your light, though, the darker the shadow. And I know many people have heard that. So as positive as one may be, that also presents a lot of challenges and a lot of things trying to bring you down. I kind of think of uh, the crab analogy is when crabs are trapped in a cage and one crab actually tries to figure out the way to get out, all the other crabs pull them down. And it's mm -hmm. very similar when it comes to being positive and bright. The brighter you become, more people actually are energy in itself, you know, the spiritual warfare that goes on, tries to shut you down. And you need a community as well. You need a routine and you need a you need fundamentals. And that's what I've continued to learn is there are times where I've been in long periods of ruts, like life sucked. And it's because of those experiences that I'm able to keep going. But doesn't mean that I don't wake up some days and go, today just sucks. Like, I just feel like <laughs> crap, man. Like, what do I do about it? And it's going back to the, the discipline, the routine. I mean, and having my community, like people to go to, because I also know there are people that don't have anybody. And I've been there too, where I felt that I felt like I couldn't talk to anybody, but also didn't want to talk to anybody. And what I will say to people in that situation is you really have to dive into self. You really have to figure out what do you like and love about yourself? Because if you're so mad at the world, you're really, really mad at yourself. You don't like where you're at. You don't like things about you. And those are the things you have to like literally sit with and walk through. And when I decided to do that and continuously do that, continue to reflect, then 
your internal changes. And when the internal changes, that's exactly how your external changes. So it's a process. It's not, I didn't just wake up and was like, boom, I'm freaking positive. It's, <laughs> it's been a grueling experience. And it's because of the struggle that I've come to the point of the strength and still again, struggle every day. So right. I'm not a pro at this and I don't want people to think like I'm any different than they are. And I really want to emphasize that it's just making the choice to not suffer. Pain is inevitable, but suffering is a choice. Wow. Yeah. And everybody's got their ups and downs. I think I'm curious, what is your, like, if you had to pick one thing would be the main message that you're trying to spread to your fan base and, and people who are new or maybe just getting introduced to you. What's the one thing that the one message you, you would want to share to them? Man, I know it's from the Bible, but uh, I'm not a religious person, but I'm really a big advocate of this guy named Jesus. I call him Yeshua. And <laughs> that message of, you know, love thy neighbors, you love thyself. Or, But the problem is, is there are a lot of people who don't love themselves and a lot of people who only love their neighbor sometimes. And the issue is that you cannot love the neighbor if you don't love yourself. Like, I don't care how much you do for other people. I don't care how much, how giving you are. If you are empty on the inside, you will collapse. And then if you love giving so much, you have to give that same love to yourself so then you can love that much more and continue doing what you're doing. So trying to push that message of people loving themselves for exactly who they are, being exactly where they are and doing the things that they're doing and accepting that, that I feel like is honestly the biggest challenge as simple as it sounds that's powerful and i know we've talked about instagram earlier which i think is the main platform that you've used how powerful the tool has social media been for you as far as connecting with people and spreading your message it's been really really helpful i'm not a guy that likes to be on his phone or technology very much but have to <laughs> however <laughs> yep. really it's just I, because I think about like, yeah, you want to build a brand, you want to send a message and this is the way you do it nowadays. Like back in the day, you'd have to go to building to building and whatnot. And so take advantage of the fact that it's much more accessible. So yeah. I've, I've gone against my own like wishes or like wants and desires of being on my phone. But again, it's not about me. It's because I love the neighbor, but I had to know that I love all of that I am. And I'm like, you know what? Let's, it is about the neighbor here. And because I feel solid in who I am, I have my peace of mind. I want to post something and share it. When I don't feel good and I'm not happy or whatever, then I don't. And I figure, then I go right back to myself and I continue this cycle. So with social media, it's like, it's been amazing to share the messages I've shared. And even I have to listen to myself. Like the message isn't just to only people. I'm literally also talking to myself. And that's what I find is awesome because it's this great mirror. So yeah. being able to use it for that, I just learned that. I just, I'm just beginning to understand that. And I found another tool. Yeah, it's uh, yeah. I've actually never heard that the metaphor of the mirror, but that's really good. It makes total sense because once you put some piece of content out there, you know, as long as you don't delete it, it is out there. <laughs> you, you can go back and reference it, and we, you know, I'm experiencing it firsthand myself. You know, releasing these podcasts and going back and listening to them, and like it, 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 it kind of forces you to look yourself in the mirror or or listen to yourself in the mirror in this case, and look at areas where you can improve and sort of take an honest look at yourself. So it's kind of a, it's really powerful stuff. How much has your traffic and followers and comments and stuff like that? How much has that stuff picked up over the past couple of months compared to where it was beforehand? It has doubled. 
almost, almost tripled. Mm-hmm. And again, it just makes me realize like, whoa, now, now I really can have an impact. I thought I had an impact with, I was just blessed to have a thousand. I remember back in college and then right. when I hit the NFL yeah. again, it was almost at 7,000, it was 6,000. And then hard knocks came and I'm almost at 16. Wow. Thousand. Yeah. So it's like, that's such a jump and it comes in seasons. I, I feel like <laughs> it's been the simple learning lesson of like, you feel important because people want to hear what you have to say. And then when you start watching viewers go down and likes go down it like you, you put so much value and identity in that. And it's like continuously teaches me about what people struggle with every single day, getting approval from a like or a view says you're important. And it's like, no, it doesn't. It doesn't say that at all. And so having that constant reminder, it really is just, it's a, it's honestly so cool. It's such a blessing. And I just try to relate as much as I can to it. It's just a great responsibility and I'm accepting that challenge. And if anybody else has advice, cause I have been getting advice from people on there as well, like with the t-shirts or produce, I'm making this website right now and struggling a little bit with it. Um, didn't know how difficult it was. However, <laughs> uh, it's because I want it to be a high quality thing. So, and people are just openly, willingly giving this information because they want to. And I wouldn't have had that if I didn't reach this count. I didn't reach this fame, if you will. And I'm, right. again, it's just such a cool experience. Right. Yeah. And, and we can help you out with the website. I know we got some connections that can help you out as well. So you need any help, we're here for you. But, Sweet. Thank you. Yeah, of course. Like I can't imagine, like I, I remember when I went from one follower to two followers and that was crazy. How have you been managing the greater attention and increased comments and all that? I delegate time. I honestly try to answer as many people as I possibly can. And I set an hour every couple of days that I'm going to sit on my phone. I'm going to break my thumbs for an hour and just answer as many people as I can. Sometimes I get to all of them. Sometimes I don't. I, by me putting my best foot forward, I just, that's all I try to do. And that's all I can do. I eventually, I I just can't answer 5,000 messages in every second of the day. I just refuse not to. And it's a balance. (laughs) Wait, you can't do that many? <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, if Instagram would make it on the computer, the platform would be so much more easy to answer those messages. Yeah, um, yeah. I know. It, it's kind of funny. Yeah, they're so mobile focused and it makes sense, but you'd think they'd have a, you know some more capabilities on their website. Uh, just a simple, it's just all right. you do is just, just, you can comment from their website. You can like from their website. Just be able to respond from their website. It's <laughs> all I'm asking. Like, right. I'm not asking much more. Yeah, there goes but our it, it has sponsorship. It. Yep, it's gone. It's over. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> but no, I, I, but yeah, honestly, it's just, again, it goes back to the responsibility. And yeah. I, it doesn't really change much. It's just adding responsibility and how do you adjust to it? And it's part of the tensions in life that trying to help everyone as best I can. And please be patient with me. That's all <laughs> I can ask. Well, I will be as patient with you as I can. I do appreciate you breaking your thumbs for all of us. That is very, you know, really putting yourself out there. So, yeah, I had two casts hope, already, you know, thumb jammers. I hope, hope you have a smooth recovery from that surgery as well. Um, appreciate it. Doctor says it's a, you know, unpredictable time. It's to be determined on right. recovery. So it's just two thumbs up for that one. Oh. <laughs> okay. so you got, I got you there. 
Hi, this is Greg Brandstetter, founder of Hippo Direct. Has all this wild growth talk made you hungry for some new customers? Well, here's your recipe for success. Hippo Direct can help you acquire new clients using proven methods such as postal mailings, email marketing, and targeted ads on Google, Facebook, and LinkedIn. We can even create a customized leads and prospecting database for you. So check out hippodirect.com and contact us today. All right, so let's let's switch gears a little bit to a segment on inspiration and creativity. So these are big uh, recurring features in the Wild Business Growth Podcast. And here, I'd love to hear what sort of people, what sort of hobbies, what sort of different resources or books or magazines or whatever, however you spend your time, what's most inspiring to you and how you, how you stay so creative because you do have a lot of creative videos and you're going to need to keep being creative as you continue to post content so often. First question there, I know everybody's going to guess it's your dad, but who knows? Maybe there's another one out there. Who are the most inspirational people in your life and your biggest influences? I know it may be crazy, but it's actually all of my host families. Oh, yeah? Yeah. So my family, as all families are, they're, they're toxic at times and they can be rough and they're super <laughs> loving and I love them and they teach you the greatest lessons in life. And yes, my dad is an inspiration in my life. Most of my greatest lessons, though, come from each segment of my life, the families that I've actually lived with as well. Um, in high school, the Gavala's family, Yanni and Eleni, the children. I went to high school with Yanni. Uh, Eleni's my age. And their parents, from that time in high school, have taught me basically just how to be a good person in a way that I never thought, showing me love from a family that's together. Like, mine's divorced, and nothing against that, but I've just never knew what it's like to have that. Right. And going to California, big chunk of my life, my host family there, John and Jenny and their three kids, Cook, Chloe, and Jack. A lot of, I can't even, I can go on a whole podcast of lessons that they've given me. And <laughs> we can do that if you want. Well, I'll have to do a, a round two that is uh, meet the host families. Literally. I mean, these people as well, just, just these two families alone really changed my trajectory and supporting me in a way that you just, it's just priceless. There aren't really emotions for it. There aren't words for it, excuse me. And then moving from there, uh, going to Green Bay, breaking down, and then even having, at first he was my trainer and slash like recovery, like I was struggling with weight in terms of putting it on and strength as also as mindset. And then when I told my ACL coming back to Green Bay, Vincent Catarcia and Jennifer Henderson and their little boy Gabe, when I ended up living with them, again, I can't, Vince single-handedly saved my career. Wow. So I, the reason I have a jersey that's the Cleveland Browns on my back is because of that man. And I am also very grateful for the many other people that have helped me in my life, uh, Aaron Vanderhoff and the massage, like the chiropractors there. And I mean, all the yeah. little components as well, but like these three host families have taught me life lessons that you can't replace. And the support that they have shown me you can't buy, you can't really just find. And it, it was all free and it was pure, unconditional love. And mm -hmm. without these three aspects of my life, high school, college, and post-college, from all mothers and fathers, all families together, and just teaching me in all aspects of life, like literally from a little boy <laughs> that they have his three-year-old and Vince, and then you get the, my own age group with the high school, the Gavales family, and then all the in-between tweeners, but underneath me with my host family in California, the Dearborns and Tarletons, like 
I can't thank him enough. Like I know this section might be ongoing a little long here, but really like <laughs> no, 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 keep going. These these guys, if it wasn't for them, that that's those those are that's the reason that I am where I'm at today. That's you have such a strong network there, and it's cool that you've got sort of these different host families in different cities that you can you can relate to and you can hang with when you're when you're going back to visit or when you're traveling every uh, every two weeks or whatever however frequent it is yeah right um, <laughs> oh and i have to give obviously the last shout to again my energy teacher andrea the last mm-hmm. two years like that whole aspect of my life wouldn't have been as nearly as far as it has been because of right now like she's the sole reason that i know as much as i know and just a great family friend and i'm very those four aspects i'm you can't you can't beat it so thank you guys yeah that's awesome you're gonna have me tearing up devin (laughs) i don't have virtual tissues or energetic tissues i could send you but just know that they are in spirit awesome it's yeah it's a spirit (laughs) that counts really appreciate it uh before (laughs) before we move on i do I want to bring up your dad because I think so many people sort of fell in love with your guys' relationship. And it was so cool to see, you know, being a son and being close with my dad. And I'm at, you know, my dad's actually, you know, founder of our company. So we work together as well. Um, I know it's a really special relationship there with you guys. It's kind of, I feel like you, I feel like you kind of started start a wave there with the whistle thing that you guys do. And, uh, so that's really cool. Can you talk a little bit about sort of how much your dad means to you and, uh, and how strong your guys' relationship is. Yeah, so I will summarize this as best I can. And I think it's really important for people to hear the good and the bad. My dad and the relationship we have didn't really start until the end of high school for me. My dad wasn't really there. You know, I would see him every other weekend. He was always working. He was young as well. For the first 14 years, my parents divorced. So I honestly damn near hated my dad. I didn't want to be around him. I didn't enjoy him, all of that. And when I moved in with him in high school, I was absolutely miserable. I'm like, I'm not going to enjoy this at all. However, he decided to change. And when I saw that, he became a dad that I, that I needed. He's a Marine. And I wasn't really a man. He made me the man that I am today in four years. And I lived in a household of basically nine to 13 women in my mom's side. And so I had really, really feminine characteristics. And that's what I knew. That was what I was nurtured in. And there's nothing wrong with that. I needed to obviously learn that first. And then he did it in mm-hmm. four years, the, the other side. And in those wow. four years, I still didn't like him very much, but we did start having more of a relationship because then I saw him every day and I got to hang out with him a little bit more and we'd have more conversations. And that's when I, we started to become friends. And it really took off when I left for college when I started, I guess would you would do what makes your dad proud. You go somewhere where education is number one. Oh, and you can play D1 football. <laughs> and so I thought that's what would make him proud. And that's what I did. And right. it, still, it still was an on, up and down road, but we really started to grow there. But my biggest point here is right before Hard Knocks, and we mentioned in our hard knocks, they just didn't include it out of respect. And I did appreciate it. At the same time, we weren't afraid that the world should know this, that our, my dad and I did not talk for over a year and a half. And it was just three days before hard knocks, that interview that happened, he arrived. Wow. And my biggest message here is that separation is needed. 
it goes back to that self-love. I wasn't going to tolerate my family anymore and being toxic and abusive in, in some ways and not physical, just more emotional. And I needed to become my own person. And a lot of families, I know a lot of people are saying family first, love first. And I'm like, I'm all about that. But you also need to be your own person. And if you don't leave the nest and if you're constantly being dragged down by your family, then you need to make the decision to teach them a lesson about themselves. And sometimes it's a hard one. And I had to tell that to my family. I told my dad, I didn't actually even use words to my dad. I just like got up and didn't, we just stopped talking and it was rough, honestly. And yeah. I was fine with that. I needed to become my own man. I needed to love myself and I didn't want any more toxicity in my life. I didn't want any more guilt or blame or whatever it was that would cause us to go on these roller coasters and the same for my mom and everyone else in my family. So I dropped my family. I had to make that hard decision. And my, my mom's side is still learning that in some ways. And that happens like to each their own. But the biggest thing with my dad is he came back when I got a concussion in the Browns and he just sent me a message of love. And I was like, wow, this is a really a little abnormal, but you know what? I just feel good vibes from here. Let me call him. Mm -hmm. And wow. we had a five hour conversation and for, and for a parent to tell me or for any parent to say thank you to their child, I, I don't know if they really understand the impact from the child's perspective other than like, imagine if your dad said to you, thank you for being the greatest teacher. Thank you for teaching me a lesson that I would have never expected would come from my own son. Like my dad's really strong. He has a lot of will and does everything on his own. And yet sometimes couldn't see things. And I'm very guilty of that. That's why I'm able to say it. And so for him to come back to me and tell me that, and for him to really learn the lesson of that, he has to put himself first and love himself and stop giving and sacrificing himself for others and putting blah, blah, blah all this other BS, honestly, that they don't need to go into. And for him to say, thank you, I knew it was time to restart. And we just kind of hit play. And so I asked him to come out to Cleveland and then somehow hard knocks had caught a picture of our relationship and then asked us to do that interview. And that's how that was set up. Like it was not, wow. Hey, we're going to do a story on you. Do you mind? It was like, Hey, we, we just saw the interaction with you and your dad. Do you mind if we film you guys or try to understand this? And we're like, sure. So it was huh. the biggest message to people is like, don't be afraid to leave. Don't be afraid to have separation in any relationship because that distance, that's what creates such great tension, which comes full circle, which creates greater growth. If you don't, if you're around somebody all the time and you have this relationship, and this isn't boyfriend, girlfriend, this is marriages, this is friendships. If you're around that person all the time, you become the same person. And if there's no difference, then what's the point in who, being who you are? You get sick right. of each other and then there causes tension. By having that separation, you create differences and you maintain that. And you maintain that mystery and that's how you continue to learn and be your own person, stay in your lane. And that's how you create a greater attraction in all shapes and forms. So with my dad, my family, we've had to separate. They had to find themselves. I had to find myself. In return, it paid off. And now we're back stronger than we've ever been. Wow, that's amazing. Thank you so much for giving us the full story and all the background there. I know it's, you know, it's been a lot of ups and downs. And that's definitely way more than some of the segments that we saw as part of the show. You know, it, it's, it's amazing sort of your guy's story, your guy's relationship. And you can hear the whistles now if you listen close enough out there. <laughs> <laughs> listen in the wind. Yes. Yes, exactly. I want to change gears a little bit. How about yeah. from the hobby standpoint? So what, what are some hobbies that you enjoy doing outside of football? Uh, reading now. 
I, I yeah. never liked reading before. Now I like, I really do enjoy to read. Always love playing music. Love trying, I'm learning to make it on Logic Pro. Always played a couple of instruments. Um, would love to learn how to sing, that'd be dapper. And anything outside, <laughs> hiking and cycling, like those two things. My bike's not here, it's in California, but those, absolutely love it. And then obviously crystals and energy, but that goes without yeah. saying. Just, but <laughs> yeah. those, it's just constant. And the idea of just kind of trying to learn new things. Like, I don't know if that's a hobby, but a hobby to learn something new and then see how well or how useful it'll be or just the, for the sake of knowing it. Like, I honestly like being a jack of all trades. I, other than master of none, like I'm trying to master, you know, two things. And I think that's huge to focus, but also just being able to try things. Like, I really enjoy just trying new things. Totally. Yeah. And it's kind of new hobbies. It's something, it's fun to challenge yourself and to do new things. Like, I know there's so many out, so many people out there, like, uh, Tim Ferriss comes to mind, for example. There's so many inspiring people out there that kind of take it on themselves to try new things and try to get as good as they can, I guess, up to a certain point all the time. And it really just sort of expands your mind and exp expanding your skill set there is, I think, is really great for anyone. Uh, I'm curious, do you have any books, anything that you want to name drop, shout out? Uh, the Energy Bust, John Gordon, The Book of Joy by Douglas Abrams. Uh, start with why Simon Sinek side note. He did just come out with a new book yesterday or today. I'm pretty excited oh, to yeah. start. He's awesome. Yeah, dude, really. Oh, don't even want to go off on that, but yes, amazing <laughs> dude. I know. And then I'm currently reading grit. I really think people need to read that grit right now. Uh, Angela Duckworth. People need to read that. If you don't think that you can have developed grit, like she proves it with science. And if you don't have it, like she gives these great simplified techniques on why you are, say where you're at, and then how to improve that, and then how to obtain grit. It's not something that, you know, people just aren't born with. Like, yeah, they have an advantage to it sometimes, but it's like everyone can do this. Amazing, amazing book. So strongly, strongly suggest that for sure. Yeah, and it takes some grit to read it, I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> yes. All right, so let's go to one of the fan favorite segments of the Wild Business Growth Podcast. This is the Wild Business Shoutout of the Week. The Wild Business Shoutout of the Week! Yeah, it's really, you know, fantastic harmonica. <laughs> <laughs> Wild Business Shoutout of the Week. This is a section where we talk about either a recent advertising campaign or a recent brand, something, something that caught our attention. And uh, we were speaking earlier about some brands that are important to you and a big impact on, on your life. Can you share a little bit of those that you want to talk about? Well, most recently, honestly, is Energy Muse. These two women have been doing crystal work, energy work, and pushing this idea out for over 25 years now. And when I received their product, you, I really felt such a vibe and an energy and such grace. And this intention was so vibrant coming through these products that I was like, yeah, this is what I want to tell the world. When I'm pushing out crystals and energy, I want them to go to them. I want them to feel this. I want them to understand this and that their intention is so pure. So Energy Muse, the names are Heather and Timmy. They're the co-founders of Energy Muse. And they just came out with a book that can literally just called Crystal Muse. Simplifies everything. Keeps everything down to earth. And you don't get this whole hippy-dippy, like, again, tree-hugging, like, that spiritual world. It's like, it's just to benefit you. It's really to amplify yourself. It's really to benefit you and everything that you desire and your intention. They help you understand that crystals and energy are tools. And again, they really 
keep this very simplified message and project it very well. So that I, they are the most recent and I will say just really have changed my life even more so. And I know a lot about crystals, but just the way, again, I, I'm, I keep stuttering over my words because it really is that amazing. Um, <laughs> it really is. Second, I'll just throw out, I love 2XU and PowerDot. I have a friend named Felix Ugald who used to work for uh, 2XU or two times U and their recovery. So all of you physical athletes out there looking for scientific research that's proven on recovery products, go to them. I know Nike and Under Armour and Adidas are all trying to do this same thing. They don't have the science. These guys have been around for years doing this. They have the data on it. Use them. I use them. And then um, last not, but not least, PowerDot is another like very mobile recovery device. It's electrodes, it's stem. And I would definitely use them as like a quick recovery tool. I know a lot of power lifters are using them. Great recovery tool, but also active. Like if you were going to work out with them on, you can. Again, thanks to Felix. Really appreciate that guy. So those are my three. Yeah, and I thought you were going to say like Nike example, you know, Adidas example number one. So <laughs> sound like uh, sound like some really cool people and really cool brands. I'm wondering on the Browns because I know you had some of your uh, your crystals and, and your your healing methods was some of the focus of Hard Knocks. Did you spread any of that to any of the Browns players and any of the guys there uh, on the staff? Is anybody a, uh, looking to you for advice from that sort of stuff now? Not the training staff, no. However, I did have several teammates. I won't disclose them, but people right. you really would be surprised about. And it was such a cool experience, honestly, to have them hold on to stones and see things work out for them. And to see the effect literally as they held the stone and then watch them close their eyes. And then as they open them just 30 seconds later and they go, whoa, or what is that? <laughs> or ask me, when am I going to get a crystal? The effects are real and it's changing their lives. And I love that. That was, I think, the behind the scenes effect. And people were really intrigued by it and to see them be affected in such a positive manner. And them really saying, Dev, I think this is really working. Thank you. There's no better feeling than that. And all I was was a messenger. I didn't do anything. So right. it's just, yeah, it was really, it was really cool. I mean, but it, it really is true. Like I just, I had them. Yep. I happened to be the person that had them and gave them to them. Like I, wherever I got them, they, that crystal knew before I knew that that crystal was for that person. And so I handed it to them and then it changed their lives. Like I didn't set that up. That wasn't me. Wow. that's cool stuff and you i know you don't want to reveal any names and you still don't have to but i'm so i'm just going to assume that it was coach bob wiley that you shared this stuff with oh yeah absolutely (laughs) that guy i mean you can just see the power that comes out so (laughs) you can you can feel it i know yeah another for for those for those of you that haven't watched hard knocks yet uh he was another breakout star from this season but um Uh, you can look up more on Bob separately. That's probably a whole separate yeah. podcast. Podcast. Yeah. <laughs> Just a couple more quicker, sort of fun, kind of all over the place segments here. First one is the unusual. So here, it's talk about pet peeves, quirks, weird talents. So first question here is, what is your biggest pet peeve? Honestly, it's mannerisms. I don't do well. If people don't say thank you or you're welcome like or like 
I know it sounds like your welcome is necessary, but it's like when you say thank you and like just acknowledge it, but mm -hmm. or eating like holding your fork and knife wrong. I don't know why that just it drives me nuts. I won't say <laughs> anything and chewing with your mouth open. Just it's like the really simple things, holding the door or saying right. thank you for holding the door. Like just just that right. just matters. I just don't. Yeah. Good manners that you learn when you're younger. Well, thank you very much for that comment. I have to say. <laughs> <laughs> I just, it's just it's honestly i'm a simple guy it's the little things man it's just right uh, just yeah. the little things it's the stuff that you that people typically learn when they're pretty young <laughs> and overlook totally get that yeah totally look so thank you again uh no i'm just kidding but <laughs> <laughs> you're welcome how about work so we already <laughs> uh, appreciate it. see we can go back and forth on this like oh no <laughs> Thank you, Mark. Oh, no, no, no. Uh, oh well, you're so welcome. Like good, good honor is mine. <laughs> Cheerio, please. Your reputation precedes you. <laughs> How about man, you're witty as hell? I'll give you that. I respect it, man. I love a witty person. Thank you. Same to you. How about other? So we've talked about we've talked about some of your hobbies. Um, anything else that you can think of that's sort of like a weird talent you have, or maybe someone would consider a quirk. I don't know. Maybe it's something, maybe it's something we haven't talked about yet that you like totally geek out on yet. Is there anything like that? Definitely still the crystals. But with that being said, <laughs> I really do geek out on them. Like I have whole conversations with them. They give me advice. Like they change vibration. I know it sounds really weird. I don't really care. They really help me out. <laughs> and it's like, if you were to hear me in my room, sometimes I'm having full on conversations with like it's an audience and that's where I practice talking sometimes or they'll give me advice I'm like no don't say that no that's not good yeah definitely say that dude that was really dumb like what are you doing <laughs> and so it's like they're alive they're well there's there's vibration in there that's very very conscious so that's one two uh been learning this, this idea of manifestation or I guess co-creation the difference is manifestation is literally apporting or creating something out of thin air and then bringing it into this plane and co-creation wow. is shifting a timeline. Um, not going to go into the manifestation, but the co-creation part and how the use of your mind is literally the most powerful tool that you have next to your heart. So there are two times in the last two weeks where my car randomly for whatever reason, actually based on the energy I was carrying, wasn't very good. And it just wouldn't start like, nope, it just, it was making weird ass noises. I'm like, why is this not happening? Shitty day. I clear myself and all of a sudden I shift and I literally say out loud, I'm like, I'm shifting from this timeline where my car does not start and into the one where it does. And I said it a few times. I called up my friend who's a mechanic and he said, dude, that doesn't sound good at all. And he's like, I'll call you back in 15 minutes. Just have that recorded for me and whatever. And all of a sudden I'm sitting in the car and I'm like, nope, I'm said the phrase over and over and over and over again. All of a sudden he calls me back 15 minutes later and he goes, Hey, actually, you know what? Just, uh, just see if it's your battery. Just check it. I think it's your battery. And I'm like, dude, you just said that was the worst thing ever. And now all of a sudden you're saying it's <laughs> amazing. He's like, yeah. And so all of a sudden I stand out of my car and I'm like, dude, I don't know where I would find that. And a random person rolls down their window. I didn't try starting the car and just says, Hey, do you need jumpers? And I'm like, uh, all right. Like that you just, okay, cool. All of a sudden, jump the car, and it starts within, what was it, 45 minutes? And I'm like, okay, cool. That's just happenstance. That's whatever. A couple of days right. later, it's freezing cold. Now the battery is not, it's not even like clicking out of nowhere. It's just randomly not starting. And I start doing the same thing. And this time, it only took 30 minutes. And I literally sat in there. I'm like, I'm jumping from the timeline where this doesn't start into the one where it does. 
And I did that for like 15 minutes after I started having a panic attack that I was stuck somewhere. I started sending energy into the battery. And then on that one try, it just started out of nowhere. And it's like, huh. dude, you're talking about something that's just clicking. Like anybody who knows a dead battery, it just goes. Right. Like your battery's dead. It's not, there's no like, oh, it might start. And it was just the ability that I shifted my mentality and that it all of a sudden started to work. There was no difference. It's not like it all of a sudden got more power. I didn't push it anywhere. I couldn't move it. Right. It was just shifting the intention. And it happened twice where all of a sudden someone showed up with a, a jumper out of nowhere, didn't ask. It was as I stepped out of the car to the point where the car isn't starting in the middle of nowhere. And then it just starts after just shifting my mentality again. Like, I'm sorry. Like, I'm, I'm going to run with this. And it's been amazing the people that have come into my life the last week and a half just putting out there like, I want this change and the things that I'm desiring and setting my intention. And literally out of nowhere, people are just randomly coincidentally messaging me. I'm sorry, man, but like we're extremely powerful beings. And if you set your intention and you use energy and crystals and your mindset wholeheartedly, the universe will respond. I don't care what anybody says. I've seen it firsthand time and 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 time again over the last two years, but especially in the last week and a half. So it doesn't matter what your situation is. If you want to lose the negative mindset and start believing that you can bring in a positive one and change, then do it. But you have to give it time and you have to put effort into it. It's not something that's just going to magically appear unless you wow. put your mind in it. So it's been really, really cool. My mind is blown. So you've done that to my mind, but <laughs> I, <laughs> you, you're going to have to teach me some of these things because it's time shifting. And it, it sounds like that could come in handy in a lot of different situations. So that's, that's pretty cool stuff. And so I'm going to have to look up research more into this and I'm sure you'll talk more about this sort of stuff all on, on your Instagram, you know, shout out all the time. Right. <laughs> yeah. And, and the website I'm working on, like I'm really trying to make this simple for yeah. people and with my experiences and biggest thing again is like, trust the process. Like I was just talking about it today. The universe will set up things and there's a reason why my car didn't start. I will say even two days ago, like all of a sudden now it's becoming a habit, but it doesn't start for a reason. And it didn't start for an hour and a half where I'm stuck in a parking <laughs> lot and I'm at it in front of a crystal store, bro. So you're talking about good vibes, right? Yeah. You're thinking like, Oh, this is going to happen. And it was like, Nope, I needed to go back in there. I needed to buy one more crystal and I needed to talk to like 10 more people that randomly showed up at that time. I'm like, Oh, okay. And then I sat and tried to start it again. And was like, Nope, set up a grid in the car. It was like, Nope. And I'm like, okay, so I'm sitting here because you guys want something to happen that I'm not seeing. And right as I said that some dude knocked on my window and he was a business owner and he's like, bro, I had to come back. I heard you in the crystal store and like I closed my business for the day and I just wanted to give you a free smoothie. And I was like, uh, sure. And it turned into a 30 minute conversation. It really, it was, dude, it was so random. And it turned into a 30 minute conversation, 45 minutes even. And it just was talking to each other and trying to give him advice and whatever. And it would just turn into a lovely conversation. And I, I looked at him and I said, I've been stuck in this car for an hour and a half now and it has not started. And I think it's because of this conversation. And I'm telling you, I'm going to go back to that car and it's just going to start. And I bet you it's because of this. And without <laughs> fail, I sat in that car and it started on the first try. And it was like, what you can't, you can't set that up. The day didn't get warmer. It got colder. It's not a battery's favor being stuck in a parking lot and having to bounce around to meet a bunch of people that you don't know you're supposed to meet for an hour and a half was set up by something greater than me and being okay with that. It allows you to move forward. And that day was not ruined. I didn't go, dang, I was stuck. This sucks. It was like, okay, I'm supposed to do something else. I'm supposed to meet something else. Something else is supposed to happen. And by keeping that open and allowing that, 
boom, when all was said and done and the impact was made or whatever people needed to hear or whatever I needed to receive as well, like, because there were many lessons in that day as well, boom, then I was able to move along peacefully. Like, there was no disturbance in my day because of what happened. Boom, as you said it, that's crazy stuff. <laughs> all right, so let's wrap up last, uh, last little segment here, rapid fire Q&A. You ready for it? Gotcha. Cool. All right. First one. What is your favorite sport besides football? Track and field. Awesome. Any, Ooh, and snowboarding. Any specific, and snowboarding. Any specific uh, track and field event? Uh, love the 100, all the relays. Well, the, up to the 400. Sorry, don't want to go any longer. Uh, and high jump. High <laughs> yeah, jump jab. You get tired thinking about it just once it goes above 400. <laughs> yeah, it's just, oh, God. Uh, and snowboarding. Yeah. Love snowboarding. That's another life. If I came back, I'd be a professional snowboarder. You have a favorite ski resort? Snowbird. Salt Lake. Snowbird. Well, it's in Alta, but it's gotcha. in Utah. Favorite type of music? Any genre of music that comes to mind? Top three. EDM. Love EDM. Mm-hmm. Hip-hop and rap, but more like, you know, Chance the Rapper, Logic, Kendrick yeah. Lamar. And am I going to give it to Frank Sinatra? I think you have to now. You just spilled I the beans. Think, yeah, I think I, like... The classics, man. The classical. Love Frank. So yeah. those top three. I don't really yeah, have a favorite just, genre. You have a favorite DJ? I love Kygo. They really yeah. I mean, I, I know he's tropical house, but under the genre <laughs> media, I'm like Right. If it was hard uh, honestly, Hardwell was my favorite concert. Love Morgan Page or Avicii. Yeah. yeah. But just like everyday, chill, good vibes, Kygo. Okay. Uh some questions about Stanford then. Go. I know because he played in the Pac-12, as Bill Walton says, a conference of champions. <laughs> what is the toughest stadium, the toughest opposing stadium you ever played in? I'd say the one I like, dislike the most. I, I, my favorite are away games, not home games. Yeah. So, unfortunately. But I'll say Notre Dame. That was the coldest game I ever was a part of. I didn't like the crowd. Uh, we got robbed by the refs. A couple of games, literally, like on ESPN, you see it. Like, it's just, it was not good energy. I didn't like going there. I didn't, there was nothing like, I didn't enjoy that. So, yeah. And it wasn't like because we lost. It was just like, just time and time again, watching team get whatever they're doing over there, whatever energy is there that does that. I don't, just didn't like it. It's the only game I don't like, to be honest. Sorry, Notre Dame fans. Nothing against you guys. Just, it's the only place I really just didn't enjoy playing ball. Um, Yeah. So tough. Yeah, I mean, it's historic there. It's got to be tough. How about on the flip side of things, do you have a favorite memory, like a, a favorite game or favorite Stanford football moment that sticks out to you? The Oregon game at Oregon when Oregon was supposed to go to the national title and we beat them, the game-winning field goal by Jordan Williamson. But then also my career high against Notre Dame, and that's a whole other story why I don't like Notre Dame outside of their stadium, <laughs> was – shutting them down from going into their national title with Conrad Ucapina kicking the game-winning field goal. And then my first Rose Bowl, winning that, or even just going to that as a kid, I was born on the Super Bowl, the day of the Super Bowl. So every six years would be my birthday on that. And then I asked my mom, what is the Super Bowl of college football? And she said the Rose Bowl. And I said, what would be the chances that someone gets to play in a Rose Bowl, win it, and also win a Super Bowl? And so when I got to go to the Rose Bowl, the chances and odds of that happening and how that worked out and panned out 
that moment was extremely surreal for me and my mom. I was 10 years old when I asked her that question. So I remember it like so vividly. And it was just the fact that when that came to fruition almost a decade later, and it was even, it was just, you know, and then to go to three Rose Bowls and I'm a Cowboy fan. And the day I won the Rose Bowl, they won it was in the Rose Bowl stadium. And three is my favorite number. So to go out of my career on my third Rose, it was just the Rose Bowl. Right. Yeah. Very surreal. It's special. Yeah. The granddaddy of them all. Literally. That's a grand memory of them all too. So, right. you know, I'll that's, have to say that. That's so cool. All right. Last question. Cause I know you just did this. I have to say, I love the short hair and you really pull it off. <laughs> Appreciate you it. think, uh, you think long-term you're going to go back to the long hair. Or you think you're going to stick with the short hair. I will grow it out again and then I'll probably chop it off again. Okay. All I right. Like, so I like, little, I like the ebb and flow. Yeah. yeah. A little bit about there. All right. Well, juice, Devin could juice. Thank you so much. This has been an awesome conversation. Uh, I really appreciate you taking some time out of your day and in your recovery and, and your, your time in Cleveland to, to jump on the podcast. Uh, it was really fun connecting with you and speaking through all these stories. Thank you so much for coming on. And I want to make sure we give you another shout out for your different channels. Can you let people know where the best ways, the best places to connect with you on social media? And also what's the name of the new website that you're working on? So social media, Instagram, that is my number one platform. Devin Kajus 86. Facebook. Yeah. You have Devin Kajus. Um, don't go on them very much. Please don't message me on there. I'm horrible at using it. I try my best. <laughs> I literally just link Instagram to Facebook. So that's why it posts there. Um, Twitter, Twitter handle is just Devin Kajuice or, or the website is Amplify Yourself, but I haven't posted it yet. So stay tuned on that. And yeah, if any of you guys want healings, shoot me an email or clearings or deep clearings. We do do that. I do do that. And let me know. It, you can just shoot me an email at cuamplify at gmail.com. And that's literally spell the words out, not the letters. I'm not a Buffs fan. I'm not a Boulder fan. Um, from Boulder. <laughs> yeah, I thought that was quite the curveball there. Yeah, yeah, I was like, see you. Oh, no. Um, uh, so, yeah. So, thank you guys again for listening. I really appreciate all of you. And uh, thank you for perfect. having me on here, Max. Really appreciate it. To, to send us off here, the stage is yours. Any final thoughts you want to leave listeners with? Man, like I said earlier, love yourself. Love all the things that you are. Self-love is the most important. Your health is what's most important because if you can't be healthy for yourself, then you can't do anything else for others. And if that's your goal, Take care of yourself. That's it. Boom. Devin Kajuice. Boom. Juice out. <laughs> My job. Words of wisdom from the man, Devin Kajuiced. In addition to loving yourself, you should love Kajuiced. Kajuiced, man, we're all pulling for you along this NFL journey and beyond. Thank you so much, Devin, for taking the time out of your day and out of your surgery recovery to come on the Wild Business Growth Podcast. Thank you to all you listeners for tuning in out there. You know what to do. Subscribe. Give us a five-star review, a written review if you really love us on Apple Podcasts. Connect with Hippo Direct on social media on all your favorite platforms, including Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and more. And you can connect with me, your host, Max Brandstetter. I'm on MySpace and Google+. If you need more emails, sign up to the Hippo Digest at hippodirect.com slash newsletter for a weekly recap of creative marketing from around the web. We do the dirty work for you. That's all for this edition of the Wild Business Growth Podcast presented by Hippo Direct. We'll catch you next time. Let your business run wild. Bring on the bongos! Bongos!